Welcome to the Lancet Respiratory Medicine Podcast. I'm Aaron Van Dorn, speaking to you from the Lancet's New York office. Acute Respiratory Distress Syndrome, also known as ARDS, is a common and often fatal disease in the critical care unit. A study recently published in the Lancet Respiratory Medicine attempts to shed light on how ARDS patients vary and whether precision medicine can provide more effective treatment in these patients. I'm joined by Carolyn Calfi, Associate Professor of Medicine and Anesthesia at the University of California, San Francisco, and one of the authors of the study. Dr. Kelfi, acute respiratory distress syndrome seems to be an under-recognized problem. Could you tell us a little about the epidemiology of the condition and current treatments? Sure. So the acute respiratory distress syndrome, or as we call it, ARDS, is a relatively common problem, but as you said, it's under-recognized. Most recent data suggests that it comprises about 10% of all ICU admissions worldwide, or roughly 200,000 cases per year in the U.S. So it's really fairly common and affects a lot of people. And unfortunately, it still has a relatively high mortality of around 30 to 40 percent. Now, there have been some improvements in care in recent years in that mortality has declined due to better use of supportive therapies. Most importantly, lung protective ventilation, which uses low tidal volumes and a plateau pressure-limited ventilatory strategy. And with that, mortality has come down. But unfortunately, despite really decades of clinical trials and searching both in laboratory models and then in in human clinical studies, we have no specific pharmacological therapies that treat this syndrome. And that's despite having cured ARDS in mice many times over. We've really unfortunately been unable to translate many promising therapies into the setting of clinical medicine. You and a group of colleagues decided to analyze data from a previous ARDS trial. Could you tell us what you did and what the results were? Sure. So we have done a few prior studies in which we have tried to understand whether part of the reason that so many clinical trials in ARDS have failed is that we're actually treating two heterogeneous group of patients all with the same approach. That is, perhaps there are different subtypes of ARDS that may respond differently to therapies, much as we've seen in other fields of medicine, like, for instance, cancer, in which patients are now in many cases targeted based on their particular molecular subphenotype, or in asthma, in which we see TH2 high and TH2 low asthma responding differently to therapies. So in some prior studies, my colleagues and I have found that there are two distinct subphenotypes of ARDS that seem to be consistent across multiple different U.S.-based clinical trials and importantly seem to respond differently to some therapies. The therapies that we've studied in the past have been PEEP or positive expiratory pressure, which is a way that patients are mechanically ventilated, and also fluid therapy. So we found that patients with these two different subphenotypes responded differently to those. But we had never tested before First of all, whether we could identify these subphenotypes in different patient populations, not from the U.S., for instance, whether we could identify them using different data sets, because all the studies we'd done before had been from the same clinical trials network, the NHLBI ARDS network, and then most importantly, whether these two subphenotypes would respond differently to pharmacotherapies, because that's really the, the question that's been motivating a lot of our work in this area. And so what we did is we took data from a clinical trial of simvastatin for ARDS that had been published several years prior in the New England Journal. It was a trial of about 540 patients uh, randomized to simvastatin versus placebo, and it was a negative study. So simvastatin, again, despite a lot of preclinical and early clinical stage data suggesting that it would be beneficial in ARDS, 
history, perhaps anti-inflammatory and endothelial stabilizing properties, it was a negative clinical trial. So we took the data from that trial and we said, okay, first of all, can we identify these same or similar distinct subphenotypes of ARDS as we've seen in these other studies. And we found that, in fact, we could, despite the fact that this clinical trial had taken place in a different location, so it was based in the UK and Ireland, um, and we had very different, a very different data set. And yet we still saw these two very similar subphenotypes of ARDS emerge to what we'd seen in the past. So that was interesting and exciting to us to suggest that these subphenotypes are generalizable outside of the U.S. population. But then what was really motivating our our analysis was whether these two subphenotypes would respond differently to pharmacotherapy. And what we found was that, in fact, one of these two subphenotypes, which we have described as being hyperinflammatory by virtue of having high levels of inflammatory biomarkers and a higher prevalence of shock than the other subphenotypes, that hyperinflammatory subphenotype actually seems to have a survival benefit with simvastatin, a statistically significant survival benefit at 28 days and at 90 days. And in contrast, in the other subphenotype, the hypoinflammatory subphenotype, we saw no evidence of any differential treatment effect. So this was really interesting to us because it suggested first that these subphenotypes are likely generalizable outside of just the U.S. populations we've studied them in before, but second and probably more importantly, that it might be that if we target the underlying biology of patients with ARDS, if we can identify these different subphenotypes, that we might actually find a treatment-responsive subgroup. What are the implications for practicing doctors who see these patients? Well, so I think we have to be a little bit careful here. So it's too soon to say we should go out and start treating certain patients with ARDS with simvastatin for a couple of reasons. Number one, although we're working hard on ways to identify these patients at the bedside, we don't right now have a way that we can take the patient with ARDS that comes into your ICU on Tuesday and say, by Tuesday afternoon, I know that this patient is hyperinflammatory or hypoinflammatory. So we, we don't have that ability yet. We're working hard on trying to get there, but we don't have that ability yet. And then the second reason I would say is that as exciting as we think these findings are, these are all secondary analyses of completed trials. So what we really need is to be able to identify these patients in real time prospectively and then test this in a prospective clinical trial. And I think when that happens, then I think we'll be able to say there are clear treatment implications. I do think for practicing doctors, though, that this brings up the idea that the sort of precision medicine approaches that we've been seeing in other fields but really haven't penetrated down to critical care may actually really have value in that setting. And so just to be on the lookout for these types of developments, both in ARDS and also in other related fields like sepsis and acute kidney injury, the idea that by decreasing some of the heterogeneity in these conditions, we may be able to come up with more effective treatment approaches. Dr. Calfee, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Great. Thank you so much.